fine, Arthur. Now, the choreographer is here. Uh, would you dance for us a little bit? Oh, yes, sir. Uh, uh, not that, Arthur. Try a shuffle. A shuffle? Well, I'll tell you, I don't mind shuffling. Because actually, shuffling is a sign of defiance. It is our hope and intention that this recording will become a living memory and permanent record of history in the making during our lifetime and an inspiration to future generations. What's up, world, and welcome back to the Vibes and Stuff Podcast, where hip-hop heads discuss hip-hop topics. On today's show, we'll first discuss a couple of news nuggets, such as Koi LeRae booting a fan from a show for grabbing her during a rap dance. We'll weigh in on if we found that move to be fair or foul. Then we'll briefly touch on Rolling Stone Magazine's top 200 rap albums of all time and share our reactions to that atrocious list. Then we'll discuss the topic, is conscious hip-hop just not cool anymore, and why or why not? Then we'll discuss the group Blackstar and their latest effort, No Fear of Time. The crew will share their reactions, thoughts on that album, and try to briefly summarize their legacy in connection with their sophomore effort. Then for our album Face-Off, we'll be putting No News Is Good News by Fonte against The Iliad Is Dead and The Odyssey Is Over by Murs and Knife Wonder and weigh in on which album we felt was better and why. And then who will share what they've been bumping for the week. So with that, please kick back and enjoy the show. Yo, what's going on, Jamil? What's happening? <laughs> I don't know how I knew that was you. <laughs> Nobody else got silly. No, no. Arm, leg, so. <laughs> oh, man, how you doing tonight, bro? Man, I'm walking. <laughs> <laughs> this petrol is crazy out here. Man, tell me about it. Tell me about it. Almost $90 to fill up my little Hyundai, man. Oh, wow. It, it's what's so crazy is, like, you know how people go to go to Indiana to get gas and cigarettes and stuff. And that's what I'm on now on the other side. But it's wild that it's worth it to drive <laughs> over there for like 60 cent off the gallon. Yeah, I mean, once you get into like the fives and like close to six, the difference in price is almost negligible to me. Like yeah. it's one, it's one thing like back back in the day when you might have been paying 2.99 versus. 249, you know what I mean, or 239, but now it's like man, 599 versus 583. Like, I just, well, it's that it's that high, it ain't quite as high as that. Where I'm at, it's, it's like 559, and then if I, if I go across the bridge, it's like 509 or five bucks. Mm-hmm. So I'll take that little 50 cent. <laughs> I just try to make a, make it to, you know, I, I have a reason to go over there. Right. I mean, 50 cents a gallon at the end of the day is still 50 cents a gallon. You know what I mean? Word, word. You're still, you still saving something. And so I guess it's nice to save something. But, man, at that point, I'm just like, man, I, I got to figure out some different routes or something. Word. Or, or, or I just might have to start selling this crack again. Who knows? I mean, business is booming. 
I've been watching Snowfall, so I'm inspired again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, real quick, one of the things from last week's show I forgot to mention, uh, we were talking about the Wu-Tang Forever album. I forgot to mention that that album, when it was released, was never reviewed by the source, hmm. which was, was odd because... They reviewed the first album. They reviewed, of course, the the Meth, Ray, ODB, Jizz and Ghostface solo debuts. But they did not review Wu-Tang Forever. Reason being, sort the source was also caught up in that. I don't know if you remember that back and forth in 97 where they were like getting on the radio and attacking different media, hip-hop media outlets like, uh, like Summer Jam and... Um, I don't know if they called the source out directly, but they got involved some kind of way. But yeah, believe it or not, that landmark album, like that, that magazine didn't even review. That's wild. Yeah. Like, like sacrilege. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of the start of the end of hip hop journalism. Um, I also got curious too, because we were talking about rappers last week, like, you know, the ones who were hot this year and, and, I know Bodie James' name was coming up, and I believe it was said that the reason he's popular and resonates is because he's younger, uh, and the young people can relate to him. So I got curious to see how how old Bodie James was. Mm-hmm. Man, he forty, man. That's hilarious. He was born in nineteen eighty-two. I'm like, <laughs> just just youthful, man. I suppose because I mean, the young people rock with him, so they think he's young. Yeah, yeah, he he does he does wear it well, you know what I mean. He looked like he'd been shopping at uh Oso Medicinal, which is uh one of the websites I would like to plug. It's a online apothecary that sells herbal teas, tinctures, CBD salves, creams, herbal syrups, sea moss gels, and all sorts of other really cool all natural products. So when you get a chance, check out Oso Medicinal O H. S O medicinal uh, dot com. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is black owned. It is Chicago based, and it is a very cool online apothecary. If you if you into that sort of thing, so bird. It's got a, and that was how I learned how to say apothecary was when we were discussing it. Indeed, read <laughs> it before, never knew how to pronounce it. I actually learned how to pronounce it from Key and Peele. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, check out also medicinal. Bodie James is like he been he been uh, uh using their products, man. But yeah, he's 40. I was like, oh, okay. It was late bloomer, man. Like, like it's yeah. we've been seeing more of that in hip hop. But uh, rapping in their mid thirties, that's funny. Right. I mean, I we we kinda know what the deal is. It's it's you know they use the first half of their adulthood probably selling drugs to the community so sure once that hit a you know you, you hit a wall with that at a certain point and it's like all right my i need to make something happen with this with this music you know and and it's these 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 rhymes i got so um but yeah yeah shout out to him shout out to him um uh, real quick man in in uh just a quick news nugget. Did you see this story of Koi LeRae, the rapper Koi LeRae? She was giving a fan. She pulled a fan out from the audience doing one of her shows and was uh, 
twerking on him. I had him in a chair twerking on him. And he reached out to grab a uh, part of her backside. And she kicked him off the stage and out the show. And a lot of people were kind of saying that uh, she was, uh, you know, that wasn't fair. What do you think when it comes to that? Do you think there's certain etiquette that needs to be um, obeyed in a situation like that? Or do you think there was some mixed signals sent? I don't think it has to be one or the other. I think it's probably a little bit of both there. Um, there was mixed signals, I would imagine, because if you're getting, you know, the lab dance treatment, then in the brain, you figure you're going to go for it. Um, but there is an etiquette to that. Like, not that I am, you know, anybody's expert, but it's my understanding that in the uh, gentleman's club, you can't just grab a handful no matter what the dancer is doing. So I would have to assume, you know, similar rules will have applied. Now, I fully understand why people would be like, yo, she wildin'. You know, it's a, it's a bit of a uh, no-win situation for the fan. And it, it makes her look kind of bad. Um, but I certainly can also understand why she would have taken that stance. Okay, okay. So you see both sides. <clears throat> I do. I think um, ultimately, I, I try to put myself in the in the position of the fan, right? If this is me, how would I behave? I would not have, I would not have put my hands on her. But also, if I had done that and you wild out on me, like, we got a problem. Because, I, I, again, those, that, that, that's those mixed signals. Yeah, yeah. This is this is kind of a new phenomenon, like the the act of even doing that. You know, it's it's one thing to do it on a fellow performer or a backup dancer, but when you pull a random person out of the crowd, like you don't know how homie gonna act, right? You know? And I'm just thinking, I, I I've I've heard a lot of arguments along the gentlemen's club line, like, well, you know, in some gentlemen's clubs, you can grab a handful, and some you can't. A lot of times they lay out the rules in the very beginning and, you know, or you might have to wait for them to initiate contact to know what you can do, you know, so it's it's not one set of rules for everybody, you know, for or in every occasion. So I try to think more about, OK, let's say this was me and a private citizen in a mutual you know what I mean, relationship and situation. If the same thing was happening in private, how would I act? And I probably would have acted like old dude, like, oh, okay, like I got the green light, you know. But, right. Uh, you know. But that's different in a in a in a private environment with somebody that you have a relationship with. Where in this case, it's it's a little more transactional. Yeah, yeah. Well, not so much transactional, so much just it was a, it was at a show, it was a performance, so. You know, it wasn't like he was tipping or anything. But if have, did you see the footage? I did not. Okay, like it was all in it. He didn't grab nothing that wasn't all in his face. I just put it down. Got it. Got it. So you know, a lot of people were saying like, you know, she was kind of a little wrong for that. You know, and I I understand that, but I also understand you know having to draw a line somewhere and establish boundaries. But you, you got to be clear on those boundaries too, though. Yeah, especially like you said, you, you can grab a civilian. Yeah, how, yeah. Does, how does he know where the line is? 
Right, right. Or what if homie ain't rap too tight? You know, like people people be out here crazy, man. Like they really do. Yeah, man. Yeah. They really do. So you just gotta be careful, man. You gotta be careful. But um moving right along, man, like I didn't want to spend too much time on this, but Rolling Stone just issued a list. Uh they got the internet on fire of the 200 best uh hip hop albums of all time. And the list is just objectively atrocious. I I, I don't know if you've seen it. I'm I did not. It. I I don't care anything about what Rolling Stone has to say about hip hop. Yeah, yeah, and I I get it. I get it. Like everyone's kind of responded to this, so I kind of felt obligated to respond to it. I didn't want to. Right, right. But like everyone is having something to say about it, and unfortunately, everyone's having the right things to say about it. So you know, just to give you an idea of, let me see here, of how it kind of fell and what people are finding objection with. Did you hear that Cardi B's Invasion of Privacy was ranked number sixteen? This is why I don't care about what they're saying. <laughs> and I saw the panel. I was like, I know this is going to be BS. I don't, I don't. It was almost like a joke. It's like, are y'all trolling us? Right. But we are. The audience is not hip hop heads. This is true. Which, but, but, which makes it even more insulting. It's like, why do you have to dip your toe in this? And like. Like people are always like, oh, like forget a list. Like nobody cares about lists. But I'm starting to find more and more that people do pay attention to these lists. There, sure. there, there is a certain person, a certain type of you know music fan, who will be like, oh well, you know, hey, Cardi B's Invasion of Privacy number sixteen of all time. Like I guess I should check it out, and they'll check that out sooner than they'll check out the other albums on the list that rank lower. Like Nas right. as it was written, like Cuban Links, like Reasonable Doubt, like AT Aliens, like uh, Wow. Like a I'm surprised that even Reasonable Doubt would have been lower than Cardi B. The other ones don't shock me as much just because Jay is, is is more of a, a sell to um the suburban crowd than Nas would be. Indeed, indeed. But um for instance they had uh Doja Cat's Planet Her ranked at one thirty six. But below it at 140, they have Nas as it was written. Wow. Yeah. Wow. At, at number 36, they have Chance the Rapper's Acid Rap. At 36 of all time. And at number 40, below it, they have Dr. Dre's The Chronic. Come on, man. They was on The Chronic, clearly. And yeah, dude, the, the, the responses have just been terrible. Like, the top, I would say like the top, what was it, 15? were okay or were appearing to be okay uh let me see here the top 15 where are we at here jesus christ future ds2 at number 20. okay number 15 eric and rocky unpaid in full no complaints there wouldn't be with it necessarily i would really have to think about it though i don't know even that would necessarily just is cardi b at 16. that's yeah that's 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 stephen a smith level levels of blasphemy So, so yeah, so okay, Eric B and Rakim, 15, paid in full. 14, Supreme Clientele, no complaints there. Number 13, Dr. Dre, 2001. I'm sorry. Higher than like, the chronic? Yeah, I'm not, I can't go there. I can't go there. The third act of that album was kind of booty. And of course, 
I'm I'm actually pretty surprised that they would have such a, a misogynistic album that high period because ain't no escaping it on that one like that one might be worse than the chronic lyric that way yeah they did turn it up a notch <laughs> I mean down to the down to the skit absolutely absolutely number 12 they have the clips lord willing come on man now we all love the clips okay but 12 but 12 like they wouldn't even put it at 12 and Hell Hath No Fury might be better than Lord Willing. Mm, I, I'm not ready to go there. But that I one also made the list. Made. But that's that's the Pharrell influence. I'm. This is why I didn't care to look at this list at all. I knew it was going to be nonsense. Number 11, Drake, Take Care. Um, number 10, Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Number 9, Low End Theory by Tribe. Number 8, Answer the Wu-Tang. Number seven, Missy, so addictive. What you think about that, Jamil? <laughs> I think that's way too high. I think that's way too high. Like, I don't know if even that one necessarily belongs on a list at all. I like that album a lot, obviously. But if Missy, if any Missy album was going to make the list at all, it would be Super Duper Fly. And it certainly should not be number seven. I was just about to say that. Now, to my knowledge, Super Duper Fly did make the list, but it was like way, way down. Which is which makes sense. But if if you're gonna put any Missy, Super Duper Fly should have been the highest ranked Missy album. I'm sorry, like I agree, 100. percent So addictive shouldn't have been on his list. Number six, Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye. No, no surprise there. I, I this is in my opinion the greatest Kanye album, so I'm not surprised it landed this high. Um, number five, To Pimp a Butterfly. I think I kind of like this. Make, <laughs> you can make you can make arguments for those last two. Like I don't know if I would necessarily put them in my top ten, but I under you can make an argument for it. Like you might be able to convince me of it. Yeah, I kind of I kind of like that one. Um, number four, Public Enemy. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back. Number three, Jay Z. The Blueprint. Hmm. I don't know about number three of all time. Yeah, I don't know about that either. Top 50, yeah. Yeah. Number two, Stank On You by Outkast. What? Why it's not a Quimini is beyond me. And I love Stank On You, but it ain't a Quimini. Yeah. I, I, Stank On You is probably like their fourth best album. I don't know if it's the fourth. It's, it's I would say third, maybe. Yeah. It's, a, it's better than, right. it's, it's, it's better it's than not Southern Playlist, I, I would put I, I would put uh, of course the Quim and I I would put Speaker Box Love below and I would actually put AT Aliens above Stank on You. Mm. It's I not even the second best album from Outkast, let alone in in, in hip hop. Agree, agree. Um, and then at number one they got Biggie Ready to Die, but just man oh man, bro, like like this this list is atrocious. Um, they did have stuff in there that kind of surprised me. Like they had Handsome Boy Mylon School on there, hmm. which, in my op honest opinion, is a top 200 hip hop album. But sure. um, I think the the bigger discussion, because the question comes up, okay, how can something this bad happen? Okay, how how could a list like this be put together and nobody in the editing department was like, y'all sure y'all want to run this? 
but I mean, we all know it's lack of diversity and everything. But to me, I think the I think the real issue here is lack of real hip hop journalism. In general, I agree. You but, know, but also like the culture is so splintered at this point. I don't know that you can even uh, journalism a, a, as a whole is really dying anyway. So certainly, you know, something as niche as hip hop journalism, there just isn't any money for it. Like the people yeah. who care about it the most can't make a living doing that. Like maybe they once would have been able to. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And that's that's because of lack of outlets, you know, and, you know, I can't even name two prominent hip hop music critics who who are just strictly writers, you know, like I couldn't even name two right now. You know, back in the heyday of Double XL and The Source and Vibe and other magazines like that, it's like you had whole staffs of people who were embedded in a culture who could speak intelligently about it and speak on what was moving the needle, you know, and I just don't know what happened to that. Because, like, growing up, like, one of my, like, wish list dream jobs was writing for a magazine like that. Yep. Because I used to read so many of them, you know, I'm like, man, this will be a cool job. I got to write about the music I love and interview cool rappers and, you know, get to 411 on what's going on with their album or in their career right now. And, you know, right. and that just kind of went away. And it's like now we have a whole generation who consume any music or hip hop music critiques through TikTok and memes. And there's people who lack any any actual by cultural knowledge of anything. And it's not even to shade people for being young, right? You know what you know, you don't know what you don't know, but it's so dismissive of anything that wasn't, you know, in the moment right now, right? It's, oh, y'all just want to still be relevant. And it's not that. Like, and I don't remember it quite being that way coming up. Like, maybe I didn't want to hear, you know, the Gap Band at the time but it wasn't never like all oh, them niggas whack right this is not my music these are my parents music and then you you know eventually you go to appreciate good music no matter what era it's from but that does not seem like it's the case at all like these little niggas is, is uh doing these tiktok videos like yo did you know that that, that beyonce was sampled by you know or no actually let's not even go beyonce what's the the, the big the big one um the one that's doing the Mariah Carey sample. Is that Lotto? I couldn't even big, tell you. Big, big, big energy. I couldn't even tell you. I don't know. I don't know if that's Lotto or not. I can't speak to it. Okay. I know it's, I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say it's Lotto. I'm probably wrong. I don't know. I know it's some, uh, some young, you know, woman rapper. But anyway, she, um, you know, she sampled Mariah Carey's fantasy. And it's like this mind blowing thing to, to, the TikTok babies. <laughs> and wasn't wasn't Mariah Carey's fantasy a, a sample? A sample, yes. <laughs> Yo, I think I showed you the dude that irritates me the most on there, right? He's a, a DJ and yeah. he does all that. Yeah, he hurts my soul, man. Yeah, he's like 20 years old. It's like, hey. Is he only 20? Something like that. Like, he ain't older than 25. Okay. I know that. But like, I mean, yeah, hey, I mean, hey, better y'all learn it at some point than never learn it, I guess. But like, man, y'all don't, it's like, y'all don't know how sampling works. It's like every, every right. 
just about everything you're you're hearing comes from somewhere else. Like exactly. bones of it, like are likely from another song. Like very rarely is there just you know you're hearing original music being played on a hip hop radio station. But yeah, like like the the there, there's another discussion. Like what what should be the cutoff in terms of like years? Like how old should an album be to even be in a consideration for for inclusion on a list like this? I mean, for me, five years. Okay. Some people were saying two. I could go with five, to be quite honest. Because they had stuff on this list that was released like nine months ago. Right. How is that even possible to stack up against that? We don't even know how, how we don't feel about it in a year. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I say, yeah, minimum two years, man. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have no album on here. It's just... Yeah, it's like yeah, we're not. Even, I, how do you know we're even gonna be talking about this in another year or two? You know, right? Man, oh man, yeah. But but Rolling Stone, man, it's 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 known as the rock and roll bible, you know, and it's known for having racist readership. You know, they were the magazine that famously said uh, blacks or magazine covers don't don't sell magazines, you know, and it it it, it kind of became y'all niggas don't buy them, right? Right? I will. And, and then too, it's like if you keep saying that, it's going to become a self fulfilling prophecy. Sure. You know, people people who really really know about rock and roll know where it came from, or they should, and they shouldn't they have. Yeah, they shouldn't have no issue with like a Jimi Hendrix or a Chuck Berry being on the cover. You know, so nobody I, wants to be reminded of of their privilege though, or the potential thievery. I mean, look at. They're making an Elvis movie. Like, just his whole existence is a thievery of the highest order, and he is beloved even now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't mess with Elvis on any level, you know. Nah. <laughs> because of that, you know, I nah. for, by, by all accounts he was a he was a cool, decent guy, and you know he he got along with everybody and, and all of that, but. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I, I just don't rock with him like that. I just don't. Never did. <laughs> nah, I mean it was never anything that caught my attention. I've heard a couple tracks, but it's like, all right, yeah, I don't no, no, care no. about any of this. And Hound Dog, how his his signature like debut song, Hound Dog, was a was a Big Mama Thornton song that was that was two years old. Right. Like he just jacked it. Like give me that. You know, puffy, <laughs> puffy stuff. You know, Take from that. two years Take ago. That. That. But uh, but yeah, man, big middle finger to Rolling Stone, man. But like, you know, I think I think fortunately, what we have to kind of counter this, you're seeing more and more podcasts, more and more, even YouTube channels, even uh, where people are kind of calling this type of stuff out. I, I, I've seen a lot of white people who are offended by this list. You know, and because even they can see like, OK, Rolling Stone is obviously trying to ride some waves of, of certain popular artists right now. And, you know, it's just come, they're just coming off oblivious and, and most of all disrespectful, you know, uh, to the genre. But uh, but their you know, audience don't recognize that. Right. Because they don't they don't know the history. They just know what Rolling Stone tells them and, you know, what has made it to their ears not necessarily what's actually good right right 
So yeah, man, big middle finger to them. But but hopefully we can get you know more content creators getting more and more visibility. I guess you could say an exposure. Who you know who are embedded in the culture. It's it's man, I can't remember. It is this one podcast where they were doing. I can't. I think it was the, the top 100 hip hop songs from each year. Mm. And they were nailing it, man. They were nailing it. But like, if you you were embedded in the culture like that, then you can likely name a hundred songs. If it's you and two of your friends, it's like, yeah, you could, I could, we could probably scrounge up a hundred greatest hip hop songs from a certain year, you know? Sure. Because we were around and we just remember it. But uh, we need more voices like that, man. We need more voices like that. You know, not not this. <laughs> I don't know what you want to call it. It's just, man, I saw a picture of the people who put this list together. I was just like, really? It's like, it was like 16 people and like one one biracial dude, one one biracial black dude. That nigga white. <laughs> I guess that would explain Drake at number 11, so. Right. Where's Logic on this list? I don't recall seeing Logic on there. Shocking. Not, not to say he wasn't on there, but I, right. I just, don't, just remember don't remember it. Yeah, I just don't remember seeing them. I know Doom had at least two albums on there. The Roots had had some albums on there. Uh, you know who was not included? Two omissions that people are kind of up in arms about. It was no Red Man hmm. and no Lupe Fiasco. I don't know that I would be up in arms about Lupe. But the cool belongs on that cool. list. I would. I think the cool and food and liquor belong on the list. Uh, yeah, I give. I give you both of those. I give you both of those. Red man. Red man should have at least two on there. He at should, least. Yeah, muddy waters and and uh, what's the other one? Muddy waters and what the album? Yes. You know. So, yeah, man. Big, big, big middle finger to to, to Rolling Stone for that 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 terrible whack list. Oh snap. Look like we got Vince in the house. What's going on, Vince? What's up? What's up? What's, What's good, man? Well, real quick, man. I'm going to give you the last word on this. <laughs> Did you see the Rolling Stone Top 200 hip-hop album list? No, I didn't get a chance, but um, it, it must be some blasphemy going on. Extreme blasphemy. Extreme. You, you, you'll get to hear it all on the playback, but <laughs> <laughs> we're about to move on to the next topic. I'm, I'm glad you patched in. This next topic, man, real quick, it, it was, it's more of a mailbag question. Is is conscious rap just not cool anymore? And if so, why? That's a good question. Um, Cause I think, I think conscious rap has evolved into woke rap. And those are two different things. In a way, yeah, I would agree with that. Um. Yeah, sir. See, like it's definitely I, still it's that definitely still exists. Yeah, but, but I think I think it's been buried. You know, I think it's like not buried to die, but just like it's just like not as out in the open because okay. the, you know the world socially has shifted, and um, you know everybody can be a victim and everybody this that and the third. So like it's more about it's more about being woke than being conscious now. So like the way people write is, is more leaning towards that. 
but you still have the, you still have people that write some conscious things because I think I think conscious rap was more um, more down to earth as far as like where it made sense. It was more like to home and conscious people that are woke are more about like political things. You know what I'm saying? Like a, a, it's more of a grand scale, global type of thing from from my perception. So I, I can't say it's dead, but yeah. it's definitely it's definitely not as sought out. And then people definitely don't write the same way about, with it. Yeah, yeah, I, I I would not disagree with you on that. Um, what what do you think, Jamil? I think it's um, kind of the same as it ever was. Well, not as it ever was, because at one point, you know, more conscious MCs that was the norm. Um, but at some point, it became, you know, that's not profitable. That's that that doesn't sell as well, or at least that wasn't being sold. Whether it would actually sell or not. That wasn't what the labels were pushing. That wasn't what radio was pushing. So, you know, where conscious MCs would exist, um, we had the whole shiny suit era that kind of overshadowed that. And so what I think we have now is an explosion of that same phenomenon. So, you know, you got conscious MCs and not even not even to put anybody in a box, but just, just rappers who are um, socially aware and it comes through in their lyrics and even if they don't always um you know they're not necessarily quote unquote conscious mcs they're just aware of things that are taking place and speak on it with their own voice uh, an example of that would be like the bigger picture from from little baby right he's he's nobody's conscious mc but even he in the in the in the summer of 2020 you know with everything that was taking place and it wasn't it wasn't you know this mind-blowing you know lyrical exercise but from his point of view you know he he expressed himself and how he felt about the the social and political climate i think um if we're talking about the difference between like conscious mcs and you know quote-unquote woke i think it's more conscious feels more organic if this is you know something that i really want to say about and woke feels more performative like I'm yeah, supposed to do that. A, that's a perfect way of explaining it, bro. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. You know, <laughs> there were obvious external forces at play that worked against conscious rap really popping. But, but there was a there was kind of a, a a very brief moment in the culture, I would say around 2003, 2004. It almost seemed like a watershed moment. And I'm connected to something you all probably saw, you know, at the time. I don't know if y'all remember the Double XL magazine cover with Dave Chappelle, with Dare Prez, uh, Black Star, Common. Man, I think somebody else was on there. I think Kanye might have been on there. You all remember that cover? Nah, I remember the block party, but I don't remember that cover. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. They they got like a double XL cover, and it was around the time of the block party, and it seemed as if almost single handedly, thanks to Dave Chappelle, that there was a moment where you thought, okay, conscious rap is going to start getting more shine, and then it just kind of went away, like you know, with the wind, and right. it was it was very brief, 
But do you all think that internal forces within conscious rap um, and amongst conscious rappers also kind of was part of its own undoing? For sure. For sure. Um, I think there there's a... I mean, human beings are human beings, right? So the same things that the, the non-conscious, we'll call them, MCs deal with, everybody else was too right no matter how much you down for the cause and you know trying to live righteously um you know the case can be a distraction you still need you still need money to live you know what i mean there's still interpersonal conflict that can happen but because of the imagery of consciousness it, it kind of gets suppressed and anything that you you try to suppress like that it, it will eventually come out and when it does come out um, it's, it's a bit of an explosion, right? Because it's been held down so much in order to break through, it becomes a bigger thing. I think that that, that factors in. Like stuff that we may never know about, but I have to assume that you see it in any other, uh, any other aspects. So why would this be any different? I would, I would wager that it would be more likely to have it happen because of the imagery that, that has to be upheld. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a high, it just calls for a higher standard of, of conduct. You sure. know, when you're when you're constantly on record, kind of finger finger waving people, you know, about what they should and shouldn't do. You know, right? And you know, I used to cross paths with a lot of cats like that. And, and Jamil, I know you did. I don't know, Vince, if you you know ever rode in those circles, but you would meet a lot of cats who you know will lecture you for using the b-word even the n-word right i was using it that much the b-word <laughs> <laughs> only wasn't... when only when it applies when you right. refer to it, it, it as purebred purebred dog it wasn't in my vocabulary vernacular like that but it, it was it was it was oh, definitely yeah. familiar it was definitely yeah. a bullet in my in my barrel <laughs> it is, it's the um you know those those niggas is sagging backwards type guys. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I come across them in the barber shops and the, you know just and they got the wraps on and whatnot. Yeah. And and you know and then when you got to know of them, like a lot of them, you know, it was it was the okay. You're not even living like this. You got all these mamas right. and this this and that and out here just as dirty as the next dude. So you know. That that too happened, and then also with conscious rap, the audience that they developed or that they catered to developed a very rigid standard as to what was acceptable, aka real hip hop, in their eyes. And you know, back then, like late nineties, you know, I I I just started that period because I'm I'm not really talking about like the native tongues of the early nineties and, 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 you know, groups like jungle brothers, black sheep, public enemy, like, cause that was just hip hop. That the term conscious rap wasn't even a phrase you heard back then or you right. heard it very rarely. But by the time you got to the late nineties, you know, what everything was such, was so subject to such high criticism, even, even fellow so-called conscious rappers. And if one of those conscious rappers went outside the acceptable box, it, man, they would, they would catch, they would catch all types of, you know, flack for that. And then 
another thing I think that too that happened over the years, I do think conscious rap's message changed with the hip hop landscape. Because back in the late 90s, what was in a lot of conscious rappers' crosshairs was uh, speaking out against the whack hip hop, quote unquote, on the radio that they had to compete with. And that was, in all honesty, controlling the narrative and the imagery of, of what the culture was. And topics like police brutality, black on black crime, you know, unchecked drugs, like like those topics are kind of evergreen, you know. But in the late 90s, it's like, you know, conscious rappers kind of directed their derision and criticism toward others within the culture, you know. And I I think that kind of made a lot of people tired of it. Yeah, because they wanted to do what they wanted to do. You said what again? Because niggas want to do what they want to do. Don't nobody, you know, you can't you can't listen to dead press all the time, right? And it, and it felt like when you were, um, if you were in the crosshairs of the conscious community, it, it felt very much like that. Like you were being targeted for something that really was, was so bad about it, right? I like bacon and white women. What's, what's the problem? <laughs> Yeah, and then also too, conscious rap means that your mind was was thinking while you were listening to these songs. A lot of people, a lot of people, what what I, what I've come to find is most people when they listen to rap, they're not really listening to it to for the lyrical um, aspect of it. You know, a lot of people they just listen to it for fun. And um, you know, there's a there's a pocket of people that really go for just strictly lyrics, and then you know, you got you got the uh, true diehard people that listen to that look at it for both. It's like you got to check you got to check all the boxes to be a complete you know hip hop artist. But a lot of people they just not checking for the um, the lyrics like that. And um, all of the conscious rappers, man, they had a certain level of writing that people were exhausted by listening to because it was just too much thinking and brains were working too much even though i enjoyed it like that's what i that's what i'm i'm here for is the lyrics you know? um so it's, it's part of that too but i also think that it quickly it quickly shifted into something else because um rap started to be a business mm-hmm. and you had all of these different rap artists, the, the higher level rap artists, they were really making moguls of themselves. Cause you think you think about think about the names that that um, I'm about to mention that came out a little bit after that time frame you said. Kanye West, Drake, J. Cole. You think about so much you think about what they're doing now in terms of worldwide influence that's outside of them rapping. And like the rap game became something different. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The the landscape changed. You know, I mean, like like I said, like they were they were very crit- critical of what was what was on the radio. But like, you know, a few just a few years later, it's like radio became more and more obsolete. The the, the vlog era all of a sudden popped up, and you had all these unsigned artists putting out material, creating these like these massive fan bases, 
And it was like, you know what? I don't have to be bothered with the radio anymore. I could just log on to the internet now and find what I want. So what they what they have to critique kind of changed and it kind of shifted. And not to mention the people who were listening to a lot of that conscious rap, like like ourselves, we grew up. We grew up and and we we kind of stopped caring about who was getting play on the radio and who wasn't. Like our right. issues and our struggles became different, you know, and 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 to Vince's point about a lot of the artists you just mentioned, like the J. Coles and the Kendrick Lamar and Kendrick Lamar's conscious rap or, or rappers with a conscious leaning got a lot more savvy with how they conveyed their messaging you know and i think that's important i think conscious rap is still cool it's just the way you do it yep. mm -hmm. you yep. know um you know two of the albums we we got coming up for the face off today kind of bear that out you know it's like I, I i think about people who i used to you know be and i shouldn't say used to be fans of because I, I still engage with them from time to time online like 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 Lord Jamar and it's like he's a dude who questions everything okay and I'm all for questioning things but when it goes unchecked and it's like now it's like I, I understand questioning you know a political candidate or I don't know um the types of foods you're putting in your body or, or, or the types of foods that are made available to the black community you put in your body I understand questioning stuff like that but it, it, it's, gone, it's gone so unchecked. Now, okay, now we're questioning COVID vaccines. Now we're questioning if Megan Thee Stallion really got shot. Now we're questioning if the Chris Rock Will Smith slap was even real. It's just like, it's like, come on, man. It's like, it, it became a lot of conscious rappers kind of splintered off into like these, like these fringe elements that indulge in these conspiracy theories. And I'm just not here for that. But there's currency in that too which is why i think it happens right there obviously is because i'm like who's who's listening to this and being like you know what you got a point like you know not me it's like there's enough bad things happening in the world in plain view where i don't need to invent imaginary boogeymen right yeah I agree right with but that's that's not that's not your goal though like if you if you're if you're running out of real estate in, in a lane that you used to occupy that was a lot a lot smaller and there are more people kind of inviting themselves into the space that you had the only place that you have to go is further you know entrenched in this in this idea so you go from questioning everything and eventually you know coming to a resolution through you know testing out these theories you have a question about something you go you go test the hypothesis and what what then starts to happen is the actual answers don't matter as long as i am always questioning and i'm always you know debating and i'm, I'm kind of counter whatever the the common thought of the day is it's the same thing that joe rogan does and then it's the same thing that kyrie Irving does you know what I mean? I'm, I'm. Are you calling Joe Rogan a white conscious rapper? <laughs> I'm calling Joe Rogan a fraud in that he wraps up um, this idea of free thinking with really just dumb ideas in a lot of cases. And I, and I guess what Rogan does a little bit different ideas, more, more importantly. Yeah. Um, what what Rogan does a little bit different than they say like Kyrie might do, or even a Lord Jamar 
is that um I think I think he's more like all right. Well, I'm just asking the question for the sake of conversation. Yep. I think he just wants to talk. Right. I think with Lord Jamar and the, and, and and the Kyrie Irvins and the the Kanye West of the world, they're like, yo, nobody thought of this, and you can't, you know, you can't disprove my lunacy. So therefore, I'm smarter than you. <laughs> like, no, nigga, you just dumb. Right, 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 right. And it becomes like, well, well, you, you can't, you can't take me to the, take me out in space and show me the Earth is round. So, like, you're, you're the sheep. Like, you're the brainwashed right. one. Right, right. They're like, they're commonly accepted truths. <laughs> you know that that we kind of understand, or you, 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 you put faith in certain institutions and just things that we know to be factual yeah. the earth being round being one of them the yeah, fact that you know air and oxygen exist although we can't see it you know what i'm saying yeah right. mate, what happens is they they speak it to a person that isn't expecting to have a conversation so they don't have the ways to to, to speak the, the proof out you right. know you know a flat earth i mean the there's formulas for Google Maps because of the Earth is round in order for the satellite to work for us to get the navigation. <laughs> like, yeah, if, if time Earth, zones work, yeah, <laughs> if if time zones don't flat, work on the flat Earth. <laughs> if the Earth was flat, then there would no, there would be no need for those calculations within the, you know, the the program in order for us to work. Correct. Yeah. And see, and see, people like that don't do conscious rap any justice because it's like, oh, this is what y'all about. Oh, okay, right. no, I'm not, I'm right. not, I'm not engaging with that, you know. And and and, but but y'all are right. Like conscious rap has evolved. I, I think it's become, like I said, more savvy because what we care about, the people who use that stuff, what we care about has changed. I don't care who's who's getting play on the radio, like. I, I I haven't turned the radio on in over ten years. I take it as probably some whack people, you know. But I really don't care. But I care about topics that talk about you know being in your thirties but still having financial uncertainty or the importance of mental health, which has come up recently in, in a lot of hip hop. You know, being washed. You know, struggling with monogamy. Uh, you know, disengaging from Eurocentric standards of beauty, like that's the type of stuff I want to hear. You know, yeah, that's where the, that's where the woke, that's where the consciousness has come to, especially on the um, the um, mental illness side of uh, of life. But I don't know if I coined the phrase woke rap, but like woke rap. But there's me, something to that, though. There is something to that. Yeah, sure. because like if you think about it, if you really think about it, conscious rap. Whenever, whenever you you whatever what I consider conscious rap, when I think of it, it's anecdotes from a person's experience and their understanding of how life works from their eyes. That's a, that's a when, good definition. When, when I when I think of woke rap, it's stuff that sounds good to people that they heard, but they haven't right. experienced themselves. Like, right. you, like stay woke like man you ain't experienced this you just heard it and it sounded good and you wanted to regurgitate it right <laughs> right yeah it's 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 it's, it's, a, it's yeah it's 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 a trip because you know now i don't judge like rappers who 
rap about selling drugs. I don't judge them so harshly now because I, I've gotten older and I'm, I have a better grasp of the conditions that create communities where the only people, the only time you're going to have any real upward mobility is if you do sell drugs. So I get it. You know what I mean? Like I get, I, I have a better grasp on, I no longer judge female MCs who use sexuality, who lead with this sexuality because I understand, okay, they're trying to operate in a world where misogyny kind of rules and sexism rules. And this is how a woman's value is kind of calculated through her sexuality. Or she could just be a dope MC. And that too, and that too. And it's like, but once you get older and you get a better grasp on the context of things, it's like you judge a lot less. That's yeah. real. Well, you could do both, right? Um, you know, part of being right. a, part of being a woman is being sexy. So, but it's like, you know, it's funny though. Like, usually by album three of every woman is a shift. <laughs> you know, like, album three is the shift. If that's what they, you know, if they started out trying to get notoriety from from their um, looks and just like just braggadocious sexual exploits around album three is when it starts to change because there's only so many ways you can say the same thing when it comes to that you know um yeah yeah and, and i'm I trying remember. to think of examples of that though that makes sense to me but i'm like who's who does that apply to because a lot of women don't even get get that lengthy of a career well, to some degree, is Nicki Minaj. Now, don't get me wrong; she still writes about stuff like that. But you know, think about around album three, she was, what was writing their album. Was that Pink Pink Friday? Um, let me see. But she went pop anyway. She did, she did. But I, I remember we were kind of discussing this with when we interviewed Rita J. Yeah. and we we were talking about <clears throat> female MCs who, who lead with this sexuality versus. You know others like uh, you know like herself like rhapsody and and how the people you we personally know in our lives more accurately are reflected by them yeah. than yeah. the hypersexualized female mcs so I, I trust me i get the need for balance you know i just i i see certain the other factors too you know and what and what gets rewarded you know so but i think I, I, I would like to think hip hop in general is in a good place, you know, because you do have MCs who can do more, you know, they can they can give you a conscious message and they could also give you, you know, uh, a, a summer anthem, you know, um, and, and 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 still be politically engaged and to to a certain extent. But, you know, at, at the same time, like, you know, we should also not look to rappers and entertainers so much to tell us how to think. <laughs> you know? Right. No, you should. But that's the beauty. Let them, of let them entertain you and they can be intelligent. You might be able to learn something from them, but that should not be your teacher. Like that should not be your sole source of information. Nope. But that's so the right. beauty of the way the game has evolved because a lot of people are independent and yeah. an independent, them being independent allows them to make the music the way they want to. They don't have to please any execs, you know, they can write a complete album the way they want to write it. If they experiment and it sucks, 
Oh well, but if it if it takes off and they cat they they develop a following for it, then it's like now there's a space for it. So you have now you have access to listening to music for any emotion you want. If you just want to turn up, it's definitely people that's doing that. It's just saying right. it's just saying the same thing in a little different way. It's the same, but it's the same thing. Um, if you want to hear music that uh that has an emotional tone to it you have artists that focus on that type of stuff you know depression and and stress and things of that nature so you got that yeah so so hip-hop is in in a good space exactly exactly yeah that's that's damn that's how i feel but um moving right along uh that'd be the perfect segue to talk about this 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 next topic and group um, we gotta talk about Black Star, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 we've been putting this discussion off for for a while now, and the the, the Black Star album, no no fear of time, it was released uh, about seven weeks ago, and we've we've all had time to kind of sit with it more and digest it and really mull it over. And I wanted to, I never got a chance to get you all's thoughts on record as to how you felt about the album, how you were anticipating it as well. But I get a floor to you all, man. After sitting with this album for so many weeks, what are your thoughts on it? Was it, was it, was it dope? Was it disappointing? What, what, what would be your one in 10 rating even? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I give it up to y'all. All right, I'm going to be quick with it. I think this is the best analogy I can use. <laughs> Remember when Jordan played on the Wizards for two years? <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? I do. I don't want to remember it, but I do. So, no, don't get me Which, wrong. By the way, he was underrated those years. Yeah, people don't realize. Correct. People don't realize those Wizard years were actually phenomenal years. Yes. I'm going to put a stat out there that nobody talks about, which will make, which so far, in my opinion, it makes him the GOAT. We'll see if LeBron can keep this up, though. Jordan is the only player in the NBA that has averaged at least 20 points a game every season he played. Mm-hmm. LeBron is, is the only other player so far, but he's still playing. So we'll see what his last years are like. But yeah, in his wizard year, Jordan. His very last year, he averaged 20. So he still was phenomenal, but he also was a shell of himself. He did some things when he got that steel block and whatever it was in one play, it was some amazing things he did while he was a wizard, but he still was a shell of himself. That's the best way I can put it when I heard this out. I feel you. I feel you. It wasn't bad. It had some notes that was phenomenal, but it still was a shell of what I expected in terms of of them. It also kind of felt like a man. Y'all, are y'all happy? We made the album. Y'all happy? <laughs> you know? yeah. 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 Fine. Yeah. You know, I finally did. Are y'all happy? I've been asking me for so long, it's finally happened. You know, that's what it, it kind of felt like that. And it also felt like most death was bitter the whole album. 
Like his voice sounded so it didn't have any energy in it. It was like, yeah, let, me, let, very, let, me, yeah, let me get this, let me get this track over with. All right, let me get right. this, let me get this album over with. Yeah, it sounded like Taleb was kind of dragging him across the finish line a bit. Yeah. That's that's what I was gonna say. Like Quali, you could tell has been, you know, still still in the gym as it were. Like he, he can still getting up shots. Um, yeah, Yasin Bay did not. <laughs> when you say that, um, you know, he was sounding lethargic. Vince, I, it made me think about. I mean, I'm sorry, not lethargic. When you saying he uh, sounded like he didn't really want to be there, it made me think of that the episode of Martin when he first proposed to Gina. He's like, yes, I will marry you. Dang, are you happy now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, but that's the energy he's been putting out, like, even leading up to the album. Yeah. I, I was disappointed, um, and I had, you know, tempered my expectations because you're not touching the original Black Star, and I realized that. What got me excited about this was... Mad Libs production and I, I thought that you know with him on the boards like dude has made magic with just about every everything he touches and this wasn't it like I don't know if he hit him with the leftovers um I yeah, think sounded, the environment go I'm ahead. sorry I was just gonna say it sounded very like yeah, yeah like yeah like you said like leftovers like they gave him a pack of beats and they were like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna rap over these. It sounded like very workshopish. Like they just, yeah. they didn't it take it very seriously. And and Talib, to his credit, Talib is kind of rapping his butt off on a, on a, quite a few tracks. It's like, yes. I get the feeling Talib needed this more than most or wanted this more than most. I think he wanted it more. I don't, I don't know that he needed it. Cause I feel like his career is, in he a, needed in a relatively his, image, his image was taking a hit from his his online activity. So like, sure, yeah, he needed. Sure. It. But I don't think it was really affecting like you know concert sales or anything like that. Like he was never going to be this platinum selling artist. I think you know he had his lane and he had his his followers. I don't. I know his you know his image took a hit, but those were all from from or well, I won't say all, but for the most part, people who wasn't quality fans anyway. And you know what though? As a as a um twist on it though, I bet you this album sounds dope live. Mm. I bet you most that most death would kill it like live. If he if he bring the energy. Yeah. Quali don't forget yeah. the lyrics. Yeah. But um <laughs> yeah, because I like, guess like it's something something happens to people like most deaf when they're live performing. It's the energy with the people. They just felt like in the in the studio, everybody absorbed everybody except Talib absorbed most Def's energy. Even Madlib, it was like he just wasn't. He didn't seem motivated the same way with uh, with other projects he's been on because uh, he absorbed most Def's energy. The dude in there went in there like Eeyore, the latest tracks, you know, latest tracks out, man. I bet he didn't even do that. Though. I really do think he just hit him with with a pack, like take what you want, and and let that be that. For them to record it, you know, basically on the road or in between doing other things, yeah, yeah. Like, the, the album kind of reflects that, right? It sounds 
kind of disjointed in some places. It, it almost comes off like a mixtape, um, which is which is unfortunate because you're still talking about two quality MCs and you know a super dope producer, and they should have they should have been able to cook up something better than this. Now I'm not gonna just say it was you know a, um, a three letter word for butt, but. <laughs> Shout out to Reggie, um, but it, it it fell below even my lowered expectations. Mm. Yeah, I, I my I, I did my review of it, and and you could check that out on it on the channel. Um, but since I've done that review, I'm I'm discovering more bothersome things about that album, like. The beat, or I'm sorry, the verse that most spit on So Be It, which was one of the tracks I really liked. Dude, that's a recycled verse from White Drapes that he did back in like 2010. Remember when he was kind of running around with Dame Dash mm-hmm. and doing the Black Rock Project? That verse is from White Drapes. Then wow. two, two more beats. We already know about the Ferragamo funeral beat that West Side Gun used. There are two other beats that were used, uh, two other Mad Lib beats that were used by Fly Anakin and Chris Crack two years ago as well. So it's like you give us a nine song album and you're recycling, you're you're recycling verses and beats. It's like not one but three beats. Like, what? Why? Why are we even doing this, y'all? Like, why are we even doing this project if you're not gonna take it seriously, and and and, and give us truly give us something after 24 years. You know, it's like, why are we even bothering? Then I thought about, like, I tried to compare it to other, like, reunion albums. And two albums came to mind. The Little Brother reunion album from 2019. And the Last Tribe album and that came out in 2016. And if you recall, that Tribe album dropped. It was no fanfare. It, was just, it just came out of nowhere. It was like a meteor. And it dropped the day after Trump won the election. And it was like right on time. Right. And at, even after 18 years, you could tell like uh, uh, Q-Tip and Fife were actually in the studio together. They were trading ideas. They were, you know, exchanging ideas. Other people had input. And it's like you didn't get that with this Black Star album, you know. Nah. Same thing with the little brother. It's like they were they had taken a break from each other for like, what was it, maybe like nine years, not as long but it sounded relevant. They came back talking about stuff that you wanted to actually hear about. And both of them did. And yeah. both of them brought energy, proved vastly improved as an MC. You you know, Fonte as well. Like he was dope in the beginning, but you could hear the growth from him. In this case, you could hear Kwali's growth as an MC. And, and, and Yasin Bey was giving us more C student behavior. Yeah, yeah. In, in addition to the fact that, like, with the exception of the main thing, keep make sure the main thing is the main thing or whatever. Like, there was no real cohesive, you know, direction for a lot of the tracks. And even with the the TMT track, like, I look at the which was my, probably my favorite track on the album because it's got one of the hardest hooks. He said, uh, "Cocaine cracker than a honky tonk, trailer park trash can't trap house." Off top, all black, everything. TMT, F, white supremacy. You know, that's that's a record that should have dropped in 2020. Right. 
you know, like when the whole George Floyd thing was going on. And the album was actually finished in 2020, but because of all this back and forth with most and how they wanted to be released, they had to sit on the album for another two years. And they just, they did themselves a disservice. I think this would have been well more received in 2020 as opposed to 2022, where like the biggest, you know, issue right now is inflation, you know, and timing timing is important too man timing is important too just like with the tribe yeah. album coming out right after trump got elected you know this you know this summer where everybody was talking about george floyd malik bia just died it was all this back and forth for candace owens it's like that's when this should have dropped you know and it's wouldn't just it no better though it wouldn't have made it no better but it would have it would have made it a little bit more relevant i agree I agree. And I think also knowing that it was finished and having to wait, even if you try to not, it, it, you know, builds anticipation, which will lead to further letdown, like either shut up about it and just drop the project. But the fact that they kept teasing, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And, you know, we was already waiting for however long. And then all of a sudden we're being told basically the wait is over. It's like, you know, a little kid in a, on a long car ride. Like, yeah, we're almost there. But then but the, still the, three hours away. Right. But then the rollout sucked. Yes. The rollout sucked. Putting it behind the whole luminary paywall and then coming out beforehand being like, yeah, you know, all the millennials are for sale. It's like, no, you for sale, nigga. Like you, right. you, you signed the contract with luminary. Right. You know, and making people pay pay money for this, for this album with recycled verses and recycled beats. It's like the reason the reason Mad Lib produced albums like Mad Villainy and, 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 and Bandana and Pinata were so good was because MF Doom, Freddie Gibbs, they had their beats made to order and they yes. it, it made it to fit them, you know. And you're just giving us you're rapping over these these leftover tracks but i'm like i'm just i mean i'm speechless as to how we got how did we get here with them like you know i i think that hip-hop is in a better place with black star with most death and to live probably in it most definitely and as far as this solo discographies i don't have a whole lot of complaints there you know it's it's really been an interesting journey with the two of them but like yeah this this album did not need to happen I think it needed to happen. It just needed to be better. Well, I heard somebody illustrated this way. They said the first Black Star album is like it's like a monument. It was like an event, and it's like a monument. And you think about different monuments, like I don't know, the, the Sphinx in Egypt, and they were saying like, do you build another monument that looks not as good right next to it, or do you just leave the monument be? And they were saying like they should have just let the first Black Star album just stand as the monument it was, and not try to build another statue next to it that clearly doesn't look as good. Because now everybody's attention is distracted. Kind of, but not really. Like we still always have the original Black Star. And the good news is, ain't nobody hear this album. Who got Luminary? <laughs> <laughs> hey, so bottom line. Whose whose long awaited album was more disappointing? Jay Electronica or Black Star? Jay Electronica. Black Star. I'm going Jay Electronica. And Jay Electronica sounded like I expected it to sound. Like minus the Jay Z. Like it sounded exactly how I expected Jay Electronica album to sound. 
Fair enough. This though? This? This right here, nigga? <laughs> like, this right here? And it was like, man, Madlib producing it was like an afterthought. It, it was just... What's just, crazy is this has happened before. Like, that Quali album, Liberation, was essentially the same thing where he, he just kind of had a bunch of Madlib beats that he wrapped over. It wasn't, it wasn't made to order. And that was an incredible project. It was. It was. I think, which it, was is, which I think is, it was a C student that dragged it down, y'all. This <laughs> C student. Well, this, this is the thing. This thing about some people, man. You ever heard of like that quiet humility? Ever heard of that term? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's also a quiet arrogance too. I'm That's familiar, unfortunately. Man, what <laughs> happens is you can't tell nobody nothing that has that. Yeah. Most deaf is one of those deaf types. You can't tell this man nothing. Like he, he's uh, he's he says something in his mind enough times that he's become emotional, emotionally connected to it, and he allowed his uh the way he handled things to happen through that that idea, and you can tell. It just didn't feel like he was, his heart was in all the way. He just felt like he was, he felt obligated to do it. And he made it as difficult to do as possible, even though he, you know, did it out of obligation. It was like, I'm just going to make this as, as hard to come out as possible, but still make it come out. But you know what? I, I, I thought about like some of his previous work and I, I said to myself, I should not be surprised because the the breadcrumbs were kind of already being laid out in particularly right. by most death like you know he came out with the new danger was i thought it was a good album but he was definitely drawing a line in the sand sonically and getting rid of his whole like raucous happy-go-lucky brooklyn b-boy image and being like no nah, i'm gonna make this super freaky music and i'm gonna collaborate with with rock artists and bad brains and this person that person and then true magic was was also a very like i think purposefully sounding it, it he made it purposely sounded like the exact opposite of black on both sides and the black star album then the eclectic comes out and he's got all these weird beats by madlib which did work for most of the tracks then he dropped that december 99 garbage you know with with ferrari shepherd or whatever and and which was just a bunch of just just weird tracks and it's like he was still killing it as far as features here and there so like we still kind of had hope but like just seeing how he evolved or devolved over the years with his solo output I should, man we kind of should have seen this coming because it looked like for a while talib was going to have a better solo discography than most yeah if only somebody would have said that <laughs> yeah, i came at my neck like i was talking crazy now all of a sudden <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I apologize for my outburst. <laughs> hey, Jamil, sometimes, sometimes you say stuff before you think about it because it just feels like it should, it's wrong. It, 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 it just felt wrong. Then you you kind of like, hey, you know what, you you might be on to something. Because most deaf is, is esteemed. He's an esteemed lyricist. Yes. So yes. it's like, like you can't, 
Yeah, yeah. You know he can like get busy. You almost busy. can't say nothing bad about the guy. Yeah, you know he can get busy. No question about it. He's got one of the dopest voices in hip hop. Um, but man, like, I just it's 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 just jaw dropping. Like how they put out this this album like this, like you know. And and then oh man, the, the whole paywall thing just oh that annoyed me. But there are some people out there who actually like this album. I've heard some people say that it's the best album they heard this year. I've heard some oh, people. Wow. To say that it's better, it's better than the first one, you know. Better than the first Black Star. Yeah, yeah. I've heard, I've heard people say that, and I'm like, man, how old are they? Is this somebody that you're like closely associated with? No, 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 no. These, these are like other like YouTubers who review albums and stuff like that, and they, and they got some age on them, you know. And I, I get it. Like nothing's gonna sound like it sounded 24 years ago. I get that, and and, and most definitely, like, are almost 50 at this point, so. You, hey know man, else you, is, you know who else is 50 though? Black Dog. Don't sound, exactly. Exactly. And and he is as good as he's ever been. Yep. Yep. And, and, and people, I've heard people say, oh, well, think of the album as a good nightcap for, for Black Star fans, you know. Like, listen nah. to it at night, you know, when, when you've had a drink. Like, it could have been a lot worse, you know. And I, I agree, it could have been a lot worse, but it could have been You're a good. whole lot better. Nigga, a bullet wound is worse than a paper cut, but a paper cut still hurts. Like, it's varying degrees of bad. It could have been worse. That's a terrible barometer. Yeah. I just think it, like I said, man, it's Jordan and the Wizard years. That was perfect. That was that was absolutely perfect. I agree. Yeah, that's that's not a bad analogy at all. At all. Oh, man. But yeah, I just to make sure I wasn't tripping, man, I played both these albums on Shuffle. You know, to hear them together, and you definitely hear the difference in in no fear of time. Like it's mixed worse. Most deaf sounds like he, he has way more energy on the first Black Star. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, to be fair, he was a younger man though, so and, and they were hungry, so there would have been more energy. Well, that's true, but but like when you let when you let the outside things hinder your art, because it's still art at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. Even even painters back in the day, they were going through things, but they didn't allow it to affect their art. They still made some dope paintings, you know what I'm saying? But they yeah. were going through cancer and they could have been, you know, half blind, and, you know, losing their eyesight, all types of losing their hearing. They didn't let that stuff affect their art. And everything that was going on with most deaf, you can see he let it affect it. Um, you can see, like you said, it was just a difference in his energy, man. It was like a, it's like that man took his coffee into the uh, the booth. <laughs> right. He had no oh, yeah. took a, He took a mug of coffee. He did. He just got it out the K cup. You know, <laughs> walked right in the booth with it. You know. <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm going to put this lyricist lounge topic on ice for next week we i definitely want to return to that because the lyricist lounge just hit 30 years old and i wanted to kind of i do want to kind of dedicate a proper amount of time to discussing that, that whole movement yes, and, and and what it what it meant to y'all back in the day but let's go ahead and dive into our album face off for the evening which i am calling the battle of the everyday mc or the every man mc i should say mm. um, 
in one corner, we have Fonte with no news is good news. And it's going up against MERS and Knife Wonder. The Iliad is dead and the Odyssey is over. So these are two albums that actually have come out very recently. Now the Fonte, No News is Good News, this was his second solo LP, released March 2nd, 2018 on Foreign Exchange Music, clocking in at 10 songs, 33 minutes, produced by DJ Cosmos, Abjo, Tall Black Guy, Knotts, uh, Illingsworth, Marco Polo, and DJ Harrison. I did not know DJ Harrison did production on here. That's, that's kind of dope, uh, but not surprised. And then in the other corner, we have Murs with The Iliad is Dead, The Odyssey is Over, which I believe is his sixth LP with Knife Wonder. Um, and it was released August 9th, 2019 on Jamla Records, clocking in at 12 tracks and 44 minutes and was produced entirely by Knife Wonder and the Soul Council. And I will give the floor to you all between these two albums. Which one were you feeling more and why? Well, I, I'll go first. Uh, I didn't get a chance to review the uh, albums for the Face Off, but I have, you know, I have heard the album like when they when they drop. Um, okay. And like I was explaining to you a little earlier, but Fonte is just more my type of MC. Um, but it's kind of like it's kind of a watch, man. Like. A couple of the albums, the face-offs you've had the past couple of times, man, it'd be kind of like washed out as far as my perception of it. But then I have to go off with just like my taste. And uh, MERS, is, MERS is a little something different for me, you know? <laughs> is is he not not as like intricate with his wordplay for you, MERS? Well, no, it's not that because like MERS is, MERS can write. It's just I don't know. Maybe it's just, just just the way he the way he delivers it. It's just not. <laughs> it's, it's not along my line. You know, not and it's not bad. It's just you know people got different tastes. You know, like some people like Corvettes and some people like Camaros, but they kind of accelerate at the same rate. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just it's one of them type of situations. So that's that's why I go with with that as far as Fonte. I would if if you if you set two if you set both of the albums together, they say like say they both dropped the album the same day, and I didn't know, and I sat down and saw both CDs sitting there. I'm grabbing Fonte first. Okay. Okay. Was there a particular favorite track on the Fonte for you, or tracks? Um, not off of any recollection. But I could, cause I, I like I said, I, I wasn't able to just go through it again, so I wouldn't even have the, the titles of it. Cause um, like Fonte isn't even, he's not even somebody I search for heavy. Like, like I, I give him listens, but I'm not, you know, like you know, I'm not waiting for him to drop something. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So I don't like. It's not like I have like the 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 titles of songs memorized from him. Okay, okay, understood, understood. All right, but from what you can remember, you were feeling the Fonte more. Yeah. Okay, understood, understood. Jamil, uh, between these two albums, which one were you feeling more and why? This was such a weird um, <laughs> face-off for me. 
because with these particular projects, they both, they're almost two different sides to the same coin in a lot of ways because you get, they, they both touch on, um, you know, some pretty adult themes where the no news is good news is a little more, um, a little more melancholy. It's not a, it's not a whole lot of joy in that album. Um, whereas the, 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 um, Odyssey Iliad was, uh, a little bit more of that, um, you know, it was a lot. Uh, there was some playful stuff in there, without sacrificing the substance. Um, that's why I felt like it was weird because I, I I could totally see myself occupying either of those spaces. Like they both have lines that I quote from all the time on the <laughs> on the no news is good news. Um, it is if you get a um, if you get a half a was if you get a teaspoon of uh, compassion that's double the serving size serving yeah I use that one all the time and then from uh, um, gas station Gucci belt <laughs> where our Merce um, ends his first verse he's okay. like I ain't a conscious rapper you can get your A B right like <laughs> I like, remember that like I, I, I definitely can occupy both of those spaces um, and I'm the thing about it is it when you say timing is everything, it means a lot because I don't know if it's me, but I'm just tired of melancholy hip hop and and as much as I love no news is good news is that is more of that right it's it's not fun. It's real <laughs> It's real, but the, it's not fun whereas the Merce album you know had a lot more fun to it so like in a vacuum Fonte is a better MC than Merce hands down I agree with he had that. his album with with fewer you know fewer collabs on there where the Merce album had a lot more collabs but it was a lot more fun so that being said I gotta go with the superior MC with uh, the no news is good news <laughs> Just because, <laughs> it, 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 top to bottom, um, I mean, like I said, it's not it's not a joyous album, but like Fonte is hitting you with jewel after jewel after jewel, and it, and I'm being a little bit facetious when I say um, there's no joy in it because he's still hitting you with some slick lines on there too. When he was talking about, um, <laughs> say, uh, when, when when black people act like they ain't black, saying dumb stuff like "Be my daddy, Dominican." Right. <laughs> <laughs> I may I may know somebody that did that once. Try to talk to a Puerto Rican chick. I know too many people who did that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I love the Merce album a lot, and it, it took it took some some doing for me to go with the Fonte on this one because I I mean what I said about that. Like it's 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 not one that you can listen to all the time, um, just because it's a very serious album, but. It's so good. <laughs> like it's so good. <laughs> it is, man. It is. Like, like I when I went back and listened to this, I was like, man, this is a lot better than I remembered. Like, I remember it was dope and it was one of the best albums that came out that year. But like as I was listening to it, like I, I started to think to myself, like, yo, is this a classic? 
Is this a classic album? Well, we'll have to we'll have to revisit it when it when the time comes up. Because like, well, I guess I'm getting into my breakdown now. Um, yeah. This I, I enjoy this face off thoroughly. I enjoy both these albums thoroughly. Like the Fonte comes on, and you know he it's only ten tracks, so he has. He, he doesn't have a whole lot of time to get the party started. He's kind of got to get into it right away. But by track two, he's in his pocket. Yeah. And then tracks two through nine are all solid to phenomenal. I, I The very last track, track 10, eh, I went too crazy about it. it. It was a little too eclectic. You know, a little too on the foreign exchange singing sound inside. I thought the intro could have been a little better, but one and ten are like the bookends that I felt were kind of a little, a little. Not I'm not even gonna say underwhelming, but they they just didn't fit the energy of tracks two through nine. I mean, tracks two through nine. This this nigga's putting on a clinic. He is just he is making the case that he is one of the most slept on MCs. Just it was just so consistent and some of the most well written and well thought out hip hop committed to record. You know, and it made me honestly go, man, is this a classic? Because the tracks like go like subject wise. So help me God. He's just killing niggas on the mic, giving you nothing but dope battle bars. Like, like I've never heard Fonte spit before. Pastor Tigolo was dope. Expensive Jeans is like the highlight of the album. Just rapping and then back to back with Cry No More. Like that, those two yeah, are that's that a companion piece. Yeah, that one-two punch was amazing. Like crying no more, talking about uh, was that was that the one where he was also talking about like he was kind of like briefly eulogizing his dad. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Talking about how he liked his women like a Clydesdale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that made I me chuckle. Sign. I can co-sign. That made me chuckle, man. <laughs> like, so yeah, crying no more was 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 so dope, and like it it touched on another you know thing in a black community like just unhealthy habits in addition to expensive jeans he was talking about digging our, digging our graves with our teeth and every every plate is a feast and just you know how black people how we just culturally eat such as life is another one that's just like phenomenal um that i think such as life should have been an album closer i agree now that you mention that such as life should have been an album closer. Uh, change of mind. I'm trying to remember what change of mind was about. I just know it was dope. Um, Sweet You, the love track. Um, Find that love again. That's another one. That's a banger. I, that I one forgot, is fine. I forgot even existed. Like, you know, just oh man, just just dope grown man bars. Like a lot of introspection, and he's not wagging his finger at you. It's it's autobiographical, and it's more like, than anything else. Yeah, it really is, and he, he it feels like he just I, I for some reason like I thought this album had 14, 15 tracks, and then when I went back to review it, I'm like, oh man, it's only ten tracks on here, but he covers so much so well. You know, he he uses those ten tracks very efficiently. Um, that being said, I gotta go with the Murders. <laughs> I knew he was going there though, because I know Murders is his guy. Yeah, it is. 
Murs, as you all know, he's one of my favorite MCs. The, the energy. Unicorn glitter. <laughs> right. I, as far, oh man, Unicorn glitter. I'm going to get on that in a second. As far <laughs> as his, his Knife Wonder collabos, I think this one is the second best. Mm. Second only High to Murs. Uh, second only to Murs 316. Because, I don't know, Ford never. Um, the final adventure, those were okay, but they didn't have a, the the peaks, you know, and, and and high watermarks of this one. And again, to Jamil's point, it's also about timing, you know. Tracks like, uh, where was it? You, yeah, Unicorn Glitter. Sorry, you know, sorry, mom. Um, uh, uh, Sin, Summer in November. Those tracks like really speak to my soul, you know, because one of them is kind of helping men be a little bit more objective with, you know, you, you bring some value as well. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, and I, I believe the term is putting it on a pedestal. Yes. But Unicorn Glitter really like puts it in like plain objective terms and then of course sin the, the album closer is, is a phenomenal track you know and it's it's to me like i walked away with a couple of lessons from it you know and it's like the 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 work that goes into maintaining a monogamous relationship and you know not necessarily thinking the grass is greener on the other side um but just yeah just how stuff could kind of unwind in, in that in that type of setting Gas station. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Now I was gonna say about SIN. Also, these hoes ain't loyal. Spoiler alert. <laughs> indeed, indeed, <laughs> indeed. Uh, you know Tony Robbins' pocketbook. You know he was talking about trying to learn about God and searching for Jehovah and all of that. Excellent track. But then you also had tracks like, you know, My Hero, where you know mm-hmm. he was rapping about the chick who was being sexually exploited and how she took revenge and it's just it's just so many good tracks on here man give me a reason to beat on there the, the lyrics were you know eh, but that beat man that that like that wailing in the background was just like oh man it was it's so emotional but you got the yeah you got the but then you got the hard edge battle tracks like you said gas station gucci belt um, was that the one where he was rapping about how he cops the retro now? Yes, that's another one that 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 it was. Yeah, I felt that in my soul. Couldn't get it when you was a kid, so now, now you do it. We say um, now I cop the retros and toys to try to fill the void. Oh, I used to know that word for word. I'll have to look it up, but it's yeah, oh, that, it was man. that was gas station Gucci belt. Me drinking on the metro, no snaps for Petro. Uh, my best friend from Showlines, the other one a klepto. Joking on my wardrobe, so disrespectful. Didn't have it back then, that's why now I cop the retro. Kicks and the toys, because I'm trying to fill the void of a childhood that the demons and the alcohol destroy. Was a boy from the hood, still a nigga from the streets, and I ain't a conscious rapper. Conscious rapper, you can get your AB. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> What's up? That whole last like eight bars. I'm like, yep, I feel every every piece of that. This is just oh man, the writing on here was just phenomenal. You know, but but you say what? Forget them. Yep, yep, that one too. That one too. Um, and not to take nothing away from the Fonte, because the Fonte, man, it's like 
here's here's how I approached it. I felt at the end of the listen, I felt the Fonte was mood music. Yep. But the MERS is a more, you know, I could go in cold and it'll it'll get me into you know a certain mood. It'll 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 get me on board with what he's talking about because the way the way they laid out the production, it was it was it's literally something on there for everybody. You know, that's, we'll, a, good we'll, put, that's a good way of putting. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I feel it's something on there for everybody. But both these both these albums, man, they check off all the boxes. Both of them. You know, the the relatable lyrics, the battle rhymes, the 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 age appropriate stories. You know, and, and the storytelling, you know, like, you know, the storytelling on, on the MERS was just to me, it was a little bit more engaging of a listen than a couple of the tracks on the Fonte. Like, like, like I said, tracks like My Hero, Sin, uh, Give Me a Reason. Um, it was just the storytelling. It was just riveting. Um, but I'm giving a slight edge to the MERS, man. Because um, I know I, I know in my heart of hearts, I, I bumped that one more. Just personally, but man, the Fonte, man, like I, I, if someone told me that that's the classic in his discography, I really couldn't argue. I really couldn't. The only argument that I have right now is literally just the time. But it's it's like even now it's like let's see, it came out March of 2018, so it's like it's already four four years and some change, and it's like. And it aged perfectly. It has. I, I was I was kind of taken back by like how good it still sounds, you know, and, mm-hmm. and how relevant the topics are. And it's it's like we would we were talking earlier about you know conscious rap getting more savvy. I think these two MCs are a perfect example of that. Yes. Um, I, and I would love to hear the two of them do a whole a whole project together. Yeah. Because I can only think of one one collab that they did at least that, that's coming off the top of my head that uh was it the animal yep that's the only one they, that they did wait or did they do one no I, that was that was Murs and big poo yeah about the barbershop yeah that was Murs and big poo um, and the animal was just okay like you could say it felt like they weren't in the same studio i don't think they were and and on the animal man fonte yeah, I got washed. Yeah, my murders on that. <laughs> Living legends on the West Coast, ready to shoot. Ain't nothing about Murs or Living Legends <laughs> like gangster like that. He made references to the streets, but no, it no, didn't. I, it didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. I can't go there. I, I don't think they shoot anybody. But no. uh. <laughs> But yeah, man, just just two phenomenal MCs, two really dope examples of what grown hip hop should and can sound like. Yeah, uh, that's just that's just how I feel, you know. And, and I, you know, I just have like like you said, I had more fun with the Murs. Um, yeah. And the production was just it, it was a little harder edge to it than than the Fonte. But man, both of these are just great albums. I can't recommend them enough to the listeners who have not heard these. Fonte, No News is Good News. Check it out if you have not already. Also, Merge, The Iliad is Dead and The Odyssey is Over. Real quick question. Uh, Jamil, the, you, you said you said that's high praise for the Merge. What do you think is the second best Merge and Knife Wonder collab? 
I'm wondering if it, I would have to go listen to it again. It might be Murray's Revenge. Okay. Okay. I think, I think Maybe. I, I would have to, I would really have to go back to back. Um, okay. And the reason I guess I, I, I was hesitant to go as high as that is because I didn't do a deep dive into it. It feels like prisoner of the moment type stuff for me. But I think between one of those two would be it. I didn't, I'm like you, I didn't really like or never like that for real. It was just okay. Yeah. And the final adventure, I don't even really remember. Yeah, I barely remember it too. Sweet Lord was like, was it sweet? Yeah, Sweet Lord was, that was probably the most forgettable one to me. Yeah. You know, but, uh, but yeah, check these out, man. Check these out when y'all get a chance. But moving right along, man, we are going to dive into our segment that we always do around this time entitled What You Bumping, where I invite y'all to share with the listeners what you've been bumping uh, for the past week or so, whether it be new, old, or just something you ain't heard or the audience has not heard. Uh, Vince, this week, man, what you been bumping? I've still been, I've been, um, still beat shopping, so to speak. But I do have to say this. I enjoyed the suggestions from last week for the album. Y'all might have forgot Yeah, I'm trying to refresh my memory. I can't even right. remember. <laughs> I listened to that Bodie James. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all I really can say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was, more drugs to the community. That was... Uh, <laughs> Surprising. I, I had I, I thought it was gonna be something totally different. I thought it was gonna be more like what's that dude uh um uh, praying for my downfall just got out, you know that song just got out or whatever. I thought it was gonna be more along those lines. Nah, this ain't nah, this is some real rap right here. Uh Bodie J. Yeah, he spit. Uh, yeah, that was dope. I checked that side hide the prince out. Um I've oh, come to the, I've come to the conclusion that Sci High is going to be the most impressive when he's on freestyle. His freestyles are going to always impress, but it's there's some there's some loss of translation with his music. It's just something he's just missing something that makes him connect with with more people when it comes to him making music. But like the way he writes is dope. It's just like translated translating it into music. It's something missing there, and I, I, I can't put a finger on it. But that he had one song that was that I really did like, though. It was called, uh, man, what was that thing called? I'm about to find out real quick. Because that little EP was only four songs, and they wasn't horrible, but it was like, man, you, you, you waited for years to put the, even though he, he got an album coming out, though, the, the full he got, you know, is coming out. No need to. Oh, this was. Oof. I mean, but, to be uh, honest, this was the first subpar sci-high release. To be honest, agreed. To me. Like, agreed. I've never heard him sound this subpar before, but hopefully he'll. You know, I mean, hopefully this was like a one-off. You know what I'm saying? Your latest EP, boo boo. 
<laughs> I think I like that extra though. Was it extra or was it? It might have been slide. Second, are you talking about the second track? Because that second track, the beat was was was. I was kind of feeling that beat. Yeah, I mean, it's like all of it's not horrible, but like I think the slide is the one I like because it was a little more up tempo. He was rapping faster. I think it was slide, but the surprise of the entire week i listened to it at least six seven times was and i can't believe i'm saying it but it was that paul wall start to finish <laughs> paul wall and terminology told you wasn't it a smooth album man come on bro that was that that was everything man i, I was so surprised i i hope i hope it wasn't I hope it wasn't as good as I'm saying it is because I was just so shocked that Paul Wall was that dope that I'm making it more than what it is. But um, now that album was butter, man. But I listened to it like six times, so just to make sure. Wow. Yeah, it, it was. It just kept staying on repeat. I was because I wanted to make sure I wasn't. I wasn't uh, hyperbolic <laughs> with with how I felt about it because I was shocked that. You know, Paul Wall was doing something as dope, and oh man, I I thoroughly enjoyed that. I don't know if this is Southern Draw and the 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 music that accompanied it, but man, I enjoyed I enjoyed listening to the music I did last week. That's all I can say. Because that Bodie James was a surprise, and that Paul Wall was yeah. I'm I'm putting that on my list right now. <laughs> okay. Oh wow. Oh man, I love it, man. Oh, oh, we 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 gonna get to our we gonna get to our mid year list next week, most definitely. We it's it's about that time of year. All right, dope, dope. Uh, Jamil, man, what you been bumping? So uh, I too was listening to the uh, Paul Wall terminology joint. Um, I enjoyed it a lot, and I don't even like terminology for real. I thought you was about to say boo boo. Boo boo. Nah, it was it was pretty good. Um, I tried to hate on it. I be trying to hate on Static Selector. Can't front on him though, man. His beats is crazy, and Paul Wall like sounds really good over them beats. He does. He does. Terminology man. still sounds like a geek. And I'm not a big fan, but yeah, I um I could have done without him, but I don't think he like you know made the project bad or anything like that was also bumping that uh feral month we are renegades forgot how good that album was and uh that new alex isley marigold well i guess it ain't that new it came out a little earlier this year it's dope and yeah it's pretty good it's pretty good i like it. it's real smooth just on some just on some chill stuff yeah her voice is amazing though yeah it is Indeed, indeed. Would All you right. Like, you like stuff along that line? I didn't mean to cut you off though, Ian, but. Are you good? You like, Jamil, if you like stuff along that line, check this guy out named Sebastian McHale. That sounds familiar. Yeah. I'm going to check him out. Check him out. His last name is M I K A E L, just so you. I'm glad you said that because I was just looking it up now. Oh, I see it. Wait, this nigga got a perm? Well, so did Prince. Yeah. <laughs> he ain't Prince. <laughs> he said the music's still good. Right. 
No, nah, I'm gonna check him out. I'm gonna check him out. It's just his his picture. Um, his picture surprised me. <laughs> he got a full blowout. Hey man, those those, uh, those Miguel type dudes, man. You never know what you get from them. That's real. That's real. That's exactly who he's putting me in mind of right now too. Oh, check him out. All right, for me myself, I am just been bumping. Uh, uh, the That's One album from a few years ago called Lifestyle Marketing. It's an instrumental uh, album made with nothing but samples from commercials. And uh, it's, it's pretty dope, man. It's a nice little, nice little departure, but it's, it's some heat on there. Uh, I've also What's been- What's the name of that one again? I remember you mentioned it before. Lifestyle Marketing by Got The it. That's One from uh, People Under the Stairs. I've also been bumping McKinley Dixon uh, for my mama, anyone who looked like her. Uh, I just felt like throwing that back on. Um, I kind of wanted to do a, a comparison of that to the Kendrick. Mm. And uh, yeah, they on the same wavelength. They on the same wavelength. I've also been bumping um, uh, uh, Marco Polo and Afro, the joint album they did called Marco Polo. I'm sorry, Afro Polo, Afro Polo. Uh, that's pretty dope and i've been bumping the new logic vinyl days reggie called me up in the middle of the week last week like yo you gotta check this out blah blah, blah. i'm like all right i'll check it out ain't, ain't nothing else out man bro i think logic released one of the best albums this year stop it I, 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 and I, I hate to say it because it's very popular to hate on him. But this. I'll let you finish. He just, he, he rubs me the wrong way, man. He does things. Yes. He does things while he's rapping that that just don't make sense to me. It's like, it just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense some of the stuff he does. I agree with you. Very valid point. That's a very valid point. Just- but this this project he locked in. Now, beats, now I got something else to listen to. Man. I love it when I get these suggestions. Be, check it out. Beats check, rhymes check. But I got some critiques. I got some critiques. I'm gonna get into those a little more in detail next week. But it's can a good I, album. Can I ask I, you one question? Yeah. Was he dropping 19 bar verses? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't count him out, but he, man, he 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 delivered a good album. I gotta say, like, I don't know if I like it as much as Young Sinatra Four. I probably like them both the same. I would say, but that's the thing with Logic and me. Like, it's like good foot, bad foot with him. Like, right? He'll do something that'll really impress me, and then he'll just do a total a, a whole departure from that and get back into this like self-pitying black white boy ish that I don't like and it's like um but but the album is dope the album is honestly dope you know Reggie was like he was super excited about it so I was like all right man I'll check it out he's very rarely wrong with his suggestions so yeah (laughs) yeah man check it out final days I'm gonna be counting them bar (laughs) it's 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 an homage to a lot of the classic hip hop artists of, of 90s. He's oh, so it's like, got it. 
he's got a track on there completely dedicated to Madeline. It's pretty dope. It's called Quasi, in fact. Um, but yeah, yeah, check it out. Check it out. You know, man, you you be the judge. But uh, Jamil, man, you got any album anniversaries for us? Yeah, man. Quite a few. Um, from five years ago, surprisingly. On my list, though. There we go. So we got three uh, celebrating five years this week. Uh, Pretty girls like trap music. I like that title. Makes ah. me chuckle. <laughs> Two chains. Uh, the album was not very good, but the <laughs> 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 but the title was dope. Uh, also, Big Boy Boomerverse mm. came out five years ago. And uh, speaking speaking of suggestions, I remembered not knowing who this dude was until we got the suggestion from Reggie. Um, Mink Count Killer, Jaron Benton. Five years. Very dope album. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh, celebrating 20 years. Album that nobody heard. Wyclef John, Masquerade. Uh, celebrating 25 years, however, we got a couple much more memorable albums. You got The War Report by CNN. Fona Noriega and uh, Lost Boys Love, Peace, and Naturalness nice. came out the same day and the crown jewel of course celebrating 30 years this week Eric B and Rakim don't split the technique wow 30 years 30 years wow we got uh, we actually got some heat this week finally indeed indeed quite a bit too all right, so check those out if you have not done so already, except for the masquerade. Don't check that out. Nah, don't do that. <laughs> but Listen to the carnival instead. <laughs> yes, please do. Oh, ooh, another one from '97. Yeah, '97 had some heat, man. I had heat. '97 definitely had some heat. '97 had some heat. Um, we got to revisit that year um, again because we we did it on an earlier earlier show. And um, before I, you know, had my ducks in a row and was is was yeah, I was less organized, but yeah, I want to I want to revisit that. But there you have it. <clears throat> Next week will be our season finale, so make sure y'all uh, tune in for that. And, uh, yeah, to you gentlemen, I want to thank you again for uh, carving out some time to be on the show. Always, always, always appreciate it. So with that, I'm gonna uh, bid y'all adieu and I'm gonna say peace. I'm so grateful, so grateful to be alive, but alive ain't always living. Sometimes niggas just survive day to day. Plate to plate, two piece and fries All the steak with leaves on sides Sometimes low and sometimes high I'm so thankful For these people by my side Lord, I know what I done wrong Trying to be what I done right Viente cuatro Siete dias, me or mine You can keep the feast in mind I just want my peace of mind Oh yes, so it happens Go from FOMO to ever wasteful doctor Manhattan Present the elegance of pain The posture for passion The rebirth, the passing The green earth, the massing Open these palms of mine
let the stars align Had to work hard to see the God in me, but I know it's time If you're trying to get up top, keep reaching Said I'm trying to peak the mountain too Bad thing happens for a reason I ain't really got shit else to do But be grateful Grateful just to be alive But alive ain't always living Sometimes niggas just survive day to day Plate to plate to peace and fries Or the steak with leaves on side Sometimes low and sometimes high I'm so thankful For these people by my side Lord I know what I done wrong Tryna be what I done right In day cuatro Siete dias me or mine You could keep the feast and wine I just want my peace of mind Write a book, how fit he got, just walking city blocks Bottles popping off, so many lost, plenty my memory shot Turning cold shoulders to warm shoulders, forgive me not I watched the pot, still boiled fast, look at your ass, just like your pops Apples, don't fall far, shackles and family scars Tobacco, by the cart and for him The cologne, bet my part, and if the smell does offend Me compadre and cadre Bring me up on the dark days and hear some notes Need to make some bold decisions Call your folks while they still living Let them know you right here with them Don't go ghost Hold tight that love you've been given Takes work to hang ribbons in the sky Now why you gon' let that go up in smokes? Heaven knows time flies Take a pen and leave a penny Skip a meal to feed the men And I plead the fifth and bear believe me I only want for what is needed I ain't too proud to be defeated Just get back up on my feet to say I'm grateful Grateful just to be alive But alive ain't always living Sometimes niggas just survive Day to day, uh Play to play, two piece and fries Or a steak with leaves on side Sometimes low and sometimes high I'm so thankful Foolish people by my side Lord, I know what I done wrong Trying to be what I done right In day cuatro Siete dias, me or mine You can keep your feast and wine I just